Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and his gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. When we draw his power into our lives, both he and we will rejoice. Welcome everyone to Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast, where we as young adults talk about a few different topics in relation to us as a young adults and navigating the world today. We'll be talking about my topic that's fundamental to the core of uh, not just our faith as Latter-day Saints, but also to religious and spiritual life across majority of religions. It's one that we hear a lot about and at times we overlook or might, I guess, not put as much effort in or just forget but it's actually really critical to our spiritual welfare and our spiritual well-being. And that is prayer. So the talk with me today is Valerie Louis, who will be helping me, Lucky Tia Tia, to explore the possibilities of prayer. Valerie, welcome to the podcast. If you could just share a little bit about yourself. Cool. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Valerie. I am the youngest child in my family of five. All my siblings are married with children now, so... I'm the last, last man standing and I was born into the gospel, but my family were baptized in 1997 and I'm happy to be here. Cool. Oh, right. So your parents, converts? Yes. Just my mum. That's yeah. all similar to me. My, my dad's a convert. True. So it's interesting, you know, interesting dynamic, yeah, yeah. Um, but then also being brought up in the gospel. For those listening, my name's Lucky. I'm from Auckland, Central Auckland. Born in Australia, but yeah, raised here. And well, I'm super excited to be here with a good friend, someone who's has wisdom beyond her years. Thinking about our topic today around living more intentionally and praying purposefully. I remember as a missionary, when it came to teaching the first vision and around restoration, we'd always invite people, hey, follow the example of Joseph Smith and pray to know right all. And so it's cool to see how that can then segue us into what we're talking about today and how. We can use that experience to enhance it. I feel like there's a lot in his experience that relates to prayer that maybe we miss a little bit. True. But is there anything that comes to mind when you think about Joseph Smith and his experience, especially around prayer? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that still shocks me is just his age and coming to the conclusion that prayer was the way he was going to pursue answers to his questions and just the things that he was concerned about at that age. And I think that prayer opened up the entire restoration, which is pretty amazing. Right. A young farm boy with limited education has been the vessel to bring the restored gospel. And it's just his awareness at like such a young age to know like, hey, that's the way to go. One thing that I've been reflecting on a lot is that sacred space that he's in when he receives the first vision. I like a place that's quiet, a sacred space, a place of solace, right, and solitude but also what he did beforehand and sort of the things he did outside of the act of prayer, the practice of prayer to then facilitate a real, like, I mean, bro, he's the man, he had like a vision, I'm like, man, well, I have visions when like, <laughs> yeah. if I do things outside of prayer. But yeah, I think you're sorry when you shared that. And so thinking about your own life, how have you come to know of and experience the power of prayer in your own life? I'll be honest, prayer has always been something that I've struggled with. But prayer has definitely been a massive part of my young adult life in particular. A lot of situations that 
I've faced since entering adulthood have felt like um, being backed into a corner to the point where, you know, prayer was my only option. And so I feel I've been able to mature a lot more spiritually, having to create my own connection to the Lord and to receive my own revelation and really try to decide what kind of person I want to be and what kind of life I want to create. Prayer has been a massive part of that. Mm, yeah, I, I like what, what you said about prayer, because I think often we think about prayer, how it allows us to I guess, go beyond, like lift, uplift us to like a new spiritual plane. But at the same time, when we're backed into a corner, that same prayer is the way out. And I often think about when the Savior invites us to take his yoke upon us, that yoke, it's not an escape, right? That the Lord offers us, but he offers us an instrument of work to get out of, to, to shoulder the burdens. And so it's interesting, like I can sort of relate, like after serving a mission and coming home and getting to young adult life, I think I've just come a lot, become a lot more aware of the fundamentals that as boring as it can be taught or it can seem repetitive when it's taught to us, it just highlights the importance. And one thing I was, oh, I was actually playing 2K PlayStation the other day. And I used um, the Spurs from 2013 to 2014. So if, if you're listening, if you know this team, you know that it's such a good team. And what they do really well are the fundamentals. Just good passes, good shooters, just the, the basics. And that allowed them to win championship and have all-stars in their team. And so in the context of prayer, how fundamental this is. And like not forgetting that. Because it's so easy. Because I think a lot of times we seek for things that are greater. But sometimes miss the most basic and fundamental that leads me to a question and for those listening right we're not like prayer experts and and we go through like our own trials of prayer but thinking what might lead us to think lightly of prayer or how do we get to that point where we neglect the practice of prayer do you have any thoughts around that i remember especially in high school when i you know was trying to get into the habit of prayer the first barrier that I faced was I closed my door and I knelt at my bed and I felt a little bit cheesy. It felt so foreign and uncomfortable that I was like, it just didn't feel it fit me or I don't know, maybe I, I thought I was too cool for it or something. But the, the challenges that I've faced with prayer have changed through the different chapters of my life. But I remember that was probably the first thing that I faced. It just felt foreign. Mm -hmm. And then that turned into, once I overcame that feeling, it was the laziness. Like, ah. Uh, In the next you know. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think particularly with the lazy excuse, it, it caused me to ask myself, like, why do I feel like prayer is a chore? And it, it doesn't require me to move or, or travel anywhere or to prepare anything for it like a lesson but it felt like something that I needed to go out of my way for mm. for some reason and I think that told me a little bit about how my perception of prayer was I felt it was something so so distant from me like I needed to be at a certain level in order to even say a prayer right, right. and so trying to make it feel more accessible for me was a big part of my journey to becoming more comfortable with prayer and involving it more in my daily life. One thing from what you shared, I remember having a real, almost like legalistic view of prayer, almost like the Pharisees, right? Like I could do that, like a yeah. checklist and failing to understand 
the, the true meaning of prayer and the purpose of prayer. There's a guy named Ty Mainsfield. For those listening to, to look him up on All In Podcast, but he's a therapist, mindfulness sort of person that, that was in prayer. And, and he's shared something that really stood out to me. And what he said is, one of the things I've wondered is if people are not walking away from the gospel as much as they are walking away from an impoverished experience of the gospel. So maybe it's not necessarily the gospel, but just the experience is one that's not rich or one that's lacking sort of that richness or that spiritual deep connection. And I feel like the adversity, you know, is once you get to prayer, right, that communication line is taken out, right? And so it's like your spiritual umbilical cord has been cut, right? So there's no sort of connection. I guess, how have you... How have you pushed beyond that and had more deeply connected prayers with the Lord? I think it's been very incremental and alluding to what you mentioned before about what we do outside of prayer. And I think that the small changes that I've made just in my daily life have helped to support my prayers. For example, I think a big part of it has been weeding out the junk in my life. Honestly, the biggest thing for me was the entertainment mm -hmm. for me, my phone. So uh, something I do often, and I still do it now, is I'll just quickly scroll through who I'm following or the pages that I follow, and I'll just unfollow, unfollow, oh, you know, that kind of... Yeah, so you if know, you're wondering like, why Valerie isn't following you, <laughs> it's because you had <laughs> No. No, it's, it's not so much like people necessarily, like particular pages, maybe that pop up in my feed and the content that they post might be having a negative impact. Not necessarily like scary yeah, stuff, right? um, <laughs> I'm more just posting content that makes me think negatively about myself, like causes me to make unhealthy comparisons. Anything that I can see is diminishing my spirit. I come away from that interaction feeling lower than I did when I, you know, before I saw it. I try to weed those things out. Same with music. I strongly believe that everything is spiritual and everything has an effect on your spirit. And so I think that's a big part of it is just decluttering. That's it. Mm. Decluttering my life. And the second thing is just to slow down, like change my pace. Because I, I rush a lot and sometimes I attribute how busy I am to how successful I am. So I'm like, oh yeah, if it was a busy day, then it was a successful day. Just trying to change my perspective on what success means. It doesn't always mean, oh yeah, I feel like I got hit by a truck today at the end of the day. So that means I did a mm -hmm. good job. But just appreciating the small wins and having gratitude or being able to come home at the end of the day and acknowledging all the great things in my life has helped to make prayer way more meaningful. Mm, that's awesome. I feel like I've done that, but I feel like I need to go and do that again. <laughs> um, but I feel like you're so right around the whole idea of, of like thinking that the more busy we are, the more successful or the more productive we are. Whereas sometimes I think the busyness that we live in can be to the detriment of our spiritual lives. Yeah. There's a really good book, probably the best book I read last year, which is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by a Christian pastor called John Mark Comer. The book is deeply tied towards this, right? How we're just so used to being busy 
that it's almost become like our natural state to be busy. But we struggle with being unplugged with the world. And so what big learning that I've taken that sort of helped me push beyond that busyness is to like on Sundays, I'll delete my Instagram because that's the number one distraction mm. for me spiritually on Sundays. Like Facebook, I feel like Facebook's all good, but it's the Instagram. And since I've started, I've, I'll delete the app Sunday morning, go to church and maybe re-download it at like four or five. And that's actually helped me be more to, in tune spiritually. It has helped everything just slow down. Because I feel like that's what the Sabbath's for, right? As, as much as it, it, it is rest, well, we can't rest if we don't slow down. And so one thing that I've come to learn is that prayer isn't just a ritual or a practice, but prayer is also a mindset. It's a meditation. It's something, it's almost like a state of being, like being prayerful throughout the day. And I've found when I've been able to do that, the prayers have been, why did I not do this earlier? I remember during like level four um, lockdown last year, and one thing that I would do every morning was because we were locked down, I would try my best to, the first thing in the morning was to go outside when the sun was out and just sit there in the sun and just sit in a place of peace. And I don't even have to say anything. This is nice. <laughs> and that's helped to slow down, like what you're talking about. I mean, I feel like as young adults, right, we're so busy callings work relationships or family and friends but then studies and everything else and just trying to figure out but i think if we took the time just to slow down a little bit right that the success at the end of the day is maybe not completing all your tasks but maybe it's being in tune more spiritually and so i know we've mentioned a few but what are some other ways that we can have more transformative experiences when we pray maybe something that you've come across or something else that you practice yeah, I think um, changing how I think of prayer. I think a lot of the time I feel like I need to reach heaven. I don't know if this will make sense, but I feel I need to reach heaven. But my perception of prayer now is I can bring heaven to me and the Lord just wants me to approach him as I am. But one thing comes to mind that I've tried that has definitely made my experience with prayer more transformative is incorporating the things that I love and enjoy into it. I love dancing. And there was this one Sunday, it was just so good. And at the end of the day, I was just, man, I feel so overwhelmed. And I felt I was so grateful and put on this, this song that I love, the Christian song. And I just danced like I... <laughs> and like, oh man, I'm so glad my curtains were closed, but... I was doing a little freestyle and honestly, it was just, it might sound weird to other people, but for me, that moment was very special because dance has always been something that I separated from my worship. That was the first time that I'd ever danced how I feel about the Lord. It was really amazing and I loved it. But same thing goes for anything else. I know that our YSA are so awesome and talented whether it's exercise or singing or preparing a meal drawing painting even study uni study I think they can all be prayerful experiences and it can change the way that you feel when you think of the Lord while you're doing those things and just express to him and open your heart to him while you're doing whatever it is that you love doing because he's blessed us with these talents for a reason and 
I do think that they can be tools of worship and gratitude and expression. Mm-hmm. I love that. Eh? That's actually awesome. So was it Crump dancing hip hop? Can you get the details? That's really refreshing. Um, and I think part of this conversation is trying to explore the possibilities of prayer outside of the traditional prayer that we know and that we love. I, I come from a history undergrad background, understanding how prayer was practiced and has been practiced through dance, through song, through meditation, through just like stillness and how those can all be uplifting, edifying and real transformative experiences. One thing that I really I wish I, I did more is just to get out on Sundays, like to get out, out, out of the house, to go for a walk when it's just having a prayerful attitude. When I look around all things that like there is a God and using these as tools of worship, because that's what prayer is, right? This is a way for us to worship, acknowledge the Lord and be connected with him. There's a lot of things that we can do if it's song, if it's art, if it's gathering for you, right? If that's your thing, that will help you have a prayerful experience on like the Sabbath. Are there any things that stand to mind too when we, as we try and explore the possibilities of prayer? Yeah, I agree with everything that you've shared, especially with having the prayerful attitude, being intentional at the start of your day, set an, an intentional goal. It doesn't have to be a task kind of goal, but try to see everyone as a child of God today. I've tried that once and it was such a great experience <laughs> and eliminates um, your natural man tendencies to get irritated or annoyed. And similar to what Alda Uchtdorf said at conference about changing the shape of your day. If you want to change the shape of your life, change the shape of your day. And I love that so much. If we just make little efforts every day and just starting with your attitude. If you improve your attitude at the start of every day and make it a good day, and then that day turns into a good week and that week turns into a good month, a year, a life. I love that, the prayerful attitude. I think that's massive. You remind me of an author named James Clear who wrote Atomic Habits and he talks around goal setting. And he said one key to achieving goals is to attach the goal to your identity. So if you want to pray every day, okay, today I'm going to pray every day. What it actually could be is I want to be a prayerful person. Right? Or, so then once you have that fixed in your mind, as you go throughout the day, you'll realize, okay, am I being the person I want to be? And so it's not focused on the action or like the practice, but also, but like you, who you want to become. And that sort of helped me sort of have more transformative prayer experience. Okay. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ throughout the day. Like that's my, I want to attach that to my identity. And the disciple follows the savior and lives the same lifestyle. And that's with intention, with prayer and just being with the Lord. One thing that I've practiced and honestly, it's been mean and there's non-verbal prayers, pretty much like meditation. I've never meditated before, but just sitting there and just being, I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to think words. All I do is just think about the Lord and think about having father, think about Jesus Christ. And we do, we've, we practice this already, right? If we think about the rituals in the temple, um, we think about the sacrament, right? In that period after you've partaken of the bread, you sit for a couple of minutes. The same with the water. Now these can be little sacred spaces where we can really practice that idea of just being with the Lord. And I feel like once we do these little things, right, our 
along with our traditional prayer, there's a lot more that the Lord has to offer us. The Lord isn't going to confine us to just, hey, you know, once you like acknowledge me and you thank me and then you ask me and then ask for forgiveness and then that's only what prayer is. I felt that's not what the Lord, there's more to prayer than just that. And I felt like the Lord wants us to explore possibilities. And so I think we've talked a lot about things that we do during prayer, maybe before prayer, but what are some things that like maybe hinder your ability to have meaningful prayer? Yeah, I just think about how fast-paced everything is nowadays, especially our minds. Our minds are so saturated, overstimulated, just from the second we wake up to when we go to sleep. There's just, there's so many streams of information and a lot going on at a fast pace. We become very overstimulated and so that's something that I've felt has hindered me in the past where I just feel like prayer compared to the pace of my day just feels like oh like slow motion and it's I'm not patient enough to have a prayer and so whenever I feel like that and I can feel that tug inside me like saying oh check your phone or oh just open it see oh look there's a notification as soon as I can sense that in me, I'm, oh, no, I'm, I'm out of yeah. balance and I know that I need to fix it and just realign myself. And I do find that when I've been spending too much time on my phone and just absorbing a lot of meaningless information, I'm not a cute person. <laughs> I'm like, I'm irritable and I'm impatient and I'm stressed. And I would say overall, I just feel more miserable. I don't feel good about myself and I'm not as confident. Yeah, just little symptoms that I can pick up on when I step out of myself I'm oh yeah nah I need to kick back on <laughs> the social media I think that has hindered my ability to have a meaningful prayer sometimes I'll get a prayer done I'll say some words yeah. and I'll finish with amen but it's not meaningful and I'm like okay I just need to get through this so I can lie down and I think also like it takes faith to have a prayer I don't think it takes a lot of faith but it does take faith to address someone that you can't see. And when you haven't spent as much time with Heavenly Father, you start to forget how amazing the experience is. And it reminds me of the Book of Mormon as well. There was a point where the Nephites, they forgot how miraculous the events were that they had experienced. And I've definitely felt that myself, where I've just forgotten how miraculous my spiritual experiences have been. Because of that oversaturation of info. And yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I think that's um, been the same in my experience. I think back to, to like my mission where there's no, because like I said in Samoa at a time where social media, like we didn't have, we weren't a Facebook mission. It's probably the two years of my adult life that I've been the least stimulated. But I feel like there's no accident that those have been the two years that have been the most spiritually rich in my life so far and thinking about the pace of the world and how like contrary that is the practice of prayer where you need to get everything done real fast and you get done now whereas prayer forces us to to just sit and just think just be aware of everything that's going around around us and so when you were sharing one thing that i was thinking about is one thing that i listened to ty mainsford and he was saying how sometimes to have meaningful prayer practice being at a supermarket line without your phone and see how that goes. And I was at the supermarket today and bro, because of COVID, like it's packed. 
and then just like standing up, pulled my phone. I was like, oh, shucks, I'm doing a podcast that I should practice this. And like putting it away and just be like, man, this is a bit harder because we've been so attuned to having continuous stimulus that, that we're not used to just sitting and just being there. And then it, it seeps into our prayers where we are so used to getting an answer real fast that once when we do get into the practice of prayer and then when we're, when we're waiting, like we get frustrated, like, bro, how come I can't get this as fast as I can get my answers on Google? Yeah. And I feel like there's, I mean, those are only like maybe two examples of a lot of things that could inhibit us from, like could stop us from having meaningful prayer. Obviously sin, right? Um, and that's both a sin of commission, so acting out simply, but also not doing things. I feel like can stop us from having meaningful prayer, right? So if we stop going to church, stop going to, um, stop reading the scriptures, right? Like these can all snowball into us then like finally cutting off that connection with the Lord through prayer. I was reading, I think David McKay said for us to not live our covenant, all we need to do is just do nothing. I was like, oh, it's not like this guy. Yeah. Okay. Then now should I do something? <laughs> I think as we've talked about this during this time, I really come to realize that the action of prayer and again, comes back to faith. And just trusting that there is something there with prayer mm. and the Lord does have a use for it. And we just at times forget. And so there's something that I wanted to share and I wanted to guess maybe get your thoughts. And it's from the Bible dictionary and, and under the definition of prayer. And it's a few paragraphs back, but it's probably the one that stands out the most to me. Um, and so I'll read out if you could maybe share, maybe what are some thoughts that come to mind? And it says... As soon as we learn the true relationship in which we stand toward God, namely God is our father and we are his children, then at once prayer becomes natural and instinctive on our part. Many of the so-called difficulties about prayer arise from forgetting this relationship. Yeah, I agree because I'm so grateful for the gospel and the church and the way that it's organized with all the programs, youth and primary and Relief Society priesthood. But I think at some point in my youth days, I didn't quite make the connection just like if I strip everything away, what's my connection? Do I know Jesus? And am I actually spending time with him? And I think that's what's like so essential about prayer is that there's nothing in between you. It's not via a program, but it's just you and him. I think that's why it's so essential and deeply personal and intimate is because prayer is accessible to everyone. That is your direct channel. Nothing between is just you and God. And that relationship is, that's what we strive to build. And that's what we're here to develop. And if we want to become like him, we should probably talk to him and to get to it, know him. So you have it going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. I think, um, just going off that relationship and how once it says, once we understand that relationship, prayer becomes natural and instinctive. Um, and I think the season I'm in right now, prayer is instinctive. Like it might not be verbal, the traditional practice of prayer, but it's like instinctive and it's natural. And I feel like there have been seasons where it hasn't been natural or instinctive. It's been a chore, it's been forced or maybe sometimes just foreign. 
But again, reassessing our relationship, where do we stand in relation to Heavenly Father and the Savior Jesus Christ? Just to wrap things up, are there any sort of examples of how Christ practiced prayer that you found useful in your understanding of prayer? Yeah, I think first is that because of his closeness to Heavenly Father, I found he was always praying for other people. And sometimes I forget. I don't feel like saying a prayer because I'm, oh, I'm all right at the moment. But I think also involving others in my prayers, that's one thing that I think of when I think of Christ is he blessed the children one by one. And something I want to work on myself is recognize the needs of others and involve them in my personal prayers. Awesome. One last question in wrapping up. It's a bit different to the question I had in mind. So this is going a bit off the cuff. And you don't have to get too personal and too deep, but what is something that you're praying for right now and why? Uh, yeah, one thing I've been praying for a lot recently, because oh, I'm starting my mission next <gasps> month, exactly a month. <laughs> Where were you starting? Yeah. If you could share with the, with the listeners. Oh, I'm serving all the way in Hamilton Mission. Yeah, so recently I've been praying a lot to know how I can be uh, the most effective missionary, but not only that, um, just the most effective disciple that I can be, just trying to refine myself as a person. I know that's quite generic, but I always seek correction from the Lord. And when I really, really open myself up to, all right, I am willing to like actually change and throw out some clothes and throw out some attitudes. <laughs> You know, like every little thing I, I want to try my best to be perfected in him. And yeah, that's something I've been praying for recently. Awesome. Thank you for for, for sharing with us. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? I just want to give my testimony that I know that prayer is essential. And I know that if we just remove our ideas of what a prayer should be or shouldn't be and just spend time with the Lord one-on-one, -on -one, that that we will experience a deeper conversion and a very meaningful and memorable experience. And those experiences will be fuel for us to continue that path to becoming more like him. I'd add to what Val shared about prayer and how there is true power within prayer. And that's an opportunity for us to really have a solid, sacred experience with the Lord, to really just sit with him, get to know him, and to really surrender time attention, energy as well. And I know that attention is really the beginning of devotion and that for us to be converted, we need to do and become. Testimonies is to know and to feel, conversion is to do and become. And an invitation for all of us is to become prayerful people, a prayerful people and disciples of the Lord. So thank you Val for the real cool uplifting conversation. And we hope and pray that this has been helpful to Whoever's listening, so thank you for listening. Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast series has been produced out of the Auckland Institute building with contributions from young adults across New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend to direct others to this podcast or listen to other episodes in this series or to enroll in the Institute class associated with the podcast. See our website at doubtnotfearnot.podbean.com. This recording is not an official publication of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The views expressed are those of the participants and are neither the official doctrine nor the official teachings of the church.